online and how and when you have to stop and do you have to stop, but at least the point that if they use those words shipped from and sold by Amazon, it should be acceptable right now for at least a short while to buy things on Amazon. Are there stores? The stores galore. If you want to, you can go to the website, Starche. You can go to the website of the CRC. They're talking about many things that are local in their neighborhood, whether it's in, uh, you know, in, uh, whether it's in, in, in Baltimore, Maryland, or in Chicago, Illinois. But it also takes into account many of the companies that are national. Then I'm sure there are... Uh, responsible Rabbanim who are putting out lists here as well, and online you might be able to get uh, some of these lists. I'm not interested in reading all of it to you, uh, but they, you should be able to find them quite easily. The Pesach directories are quite uh, accessible from the websites of the Star K and of the Chicago Rabbinical Council, and of any other conscious organization that you would uh, be interested in, 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 the, in, in, in that's close to your neighborhood, let's say. But taking all, taking all that into account, uh, we, we do have the same responses we always have. This, this halacha isn't something that we're going to abrogate this year, even though it's very difficult. One way to solve it is to buy from a from owner of a from store. Again, if you go in this store, you're going in there. Some people came to me and they said, you know, it was, they actually didn't go to me. They went to the OU and then they sent me a copy of the letter they sent to the OU. We should have a, a stuffer on the, uh, on the stores and from stores. How do we know what they're selling?
life, if you did, and, and you and we buy from this distributor, and you buy from that distributor, he's a shemitary mitzvah, he has no money. And this is only a din de That's how Rosh Hashim and I have taught us, and that's how I, I tried to focus on all the years. When I quit, I did what the resistance to do, and he sent us to one store, and uh, we used it for a number of years, but then after a while, I wasn't sure. He wasn't here anymore, and I wasn't sure anymore if the store was really here. Not, uh, if you didn't get involved in it, too. And uh, so at that point, we went over to only from owners of stores and rely on them. Now, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about a, uh, what, what this whole coronavirus is doing to the conscious world. Uh, it, it, there's, uh, there are parts that we don't know yet, and we may never know completely, but it is doing a job on all of us. A very serious job, unfortunately, and people have to be aware. Uh, maybe it won't affect us indirectly, maybe it will. We'll try our best to, you know, to focus on what, how it affects us. Now, there's a question. Uh, you know, there's a question of. Uh, actually, there was some good, good fallout, but there's a lot of negative fallout. I spoke today with somebody who's um, pretty high up in the conscious world important personage, he's not going to give you his name, not going to tell you his affiliation, and he was talking a little to me about this issue about the coronavirus and how it affects us. First of all, you should know that production is down. Productions are down in general for technical reasons. I, I don't know if you know, you do know, you don't know. Empire, for example, the Empire plant was closed for two weeks because of coronavirus. Not because they're selling it to us, because people were sick who worked in, uh, in, in Empire. And they had to close down. They closed down for two weeks initially, and then they added more time that they, they closed down for another certain number of days, and they're trying to clean the facility. So there is a downtime that is taking place in industry in general, and in cashless area, maybe more so. So that's a, that's a technical problem. I see people are calling in here. Uh, sorry, we can't, we can't uh, stop it. Uh, we'll have to just keep going and persevere here. In any event, the uh, people, um, the, 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 the production, the production, let me put the phone away. Interruption again. Hopefully, hopefully, won't be disturbed too much anymore. In any event, the uh, the productions are down, and therefore the hashkacha is also very uh, impeded by that. It's going to be less machkichim. The, there's very limited cashless production going on, and eventually it has to catch up to us. I don't know if we'll be any worse than the rest of the world, but I, it seems to me that we will be. So that we have to be getting ready for that. I'm, I'm not prepared.
not up to the future yet. I'm saying that we should accept that it might happen. I don't say we should store a food for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, uh, three months, buy out the store, like those people who were, were nervous and they, uh, they, they got all kinds of things lined up for in case this happened, in case that happened. I don't think we have to live that way. But we should be accept the fact that we should be prepared to at least have some food in our house for a week or two and not to expect to go out every single day shopping and expect not to expect to find everything. And when we don't find the things that we used to, now we have to, to make decisions about what we're going to replace it with. And that's going to create a whole situation just like ASOS did, where we're going to have to make adjustments. This year is different than last year. Why is this ASOS different than last year? Why is it it's going to be different now? We're going to go back more to basics. And a lot of times we're going to have to make decisions. Can we use something without our stock? Can we use something with a minimal our stock? What's in this product? Can we substitute it with something else? That, it, that is a real possibility, I personally believe, and hopefully we'll be able to weather that storm when it, when it occurs. Let's go on now. Another thing. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody that as far as, the, as far as coronavirus, we're going to get past it. What we have here, the, the, difficulties, the difficulties that we had, the losses that we had, the financial losses and the personal losses, the total losses, all of what we see here, we're going to get through it. So our parents or our grandparents or people that we know from the past generation had to come over from Europe, running away from the Nazis in Maximum escaping or coming after the war to America. And they came with nothing, nothing but the clothes on their back. They lost their families. They lost their money. They had nothing. They came here without a cent. And they lost their entire families. And they got through it. The Bona Shalom helped them. And he will help us too. No, no question about it. We have to use the time. We have to use these opportunities to try to, uh, and to, to make ourselves worthy of what of the Mashiach, worthy of the new world that's going to exist after with whatever this new world is going to be. We have to prepare ourselves and, and we are doing it. But there's no question that just like he has to help the last generation, he will help us too. That gives me a, a, a little bit of an idea of what is going on. I want to tell you one more thing that the gentleman told me as well, and it was very interesting, this rabbi told me, is that you know, a lot of the things that we have, whether they are correct or incorrect, are going to remain in track in uh, remain the way they are for many many years to come because the change
change in kashras, to stay up in kashras, you need research. You need research in the area of the, the insect situation. You need research in, in other areas of kashras. In certain ones where they have to go and give hashkafa for that particular thing, they invest some time and the money and the effort. But there are other things that get sidetracked and remain in existence for 20, 30 years with nobody even looking at it. And then it pops up again. I, I remember Shmuel Miller, he had a four schlemer. And Shmuel Miller uh, told me that he said every year, every so often, Kashrus reinvents itself. I think he said, I know, I'm, this was maybe 40 years ago, and he told me that it'd be, I think he said every 10 years, every 20 years, Kashrus reinvents himself. He said that he had communicated with a certain organization years ago, and he had shared information and they had researched it, and people had forgotten about it. And then I happened to discover it and come up with it, and or actually with the other way around, and he, whatever it was, it was brought up again, and then the world conscious world, which is the new people dealing with it, is rediscovered it. So that's what happens. It takes years sometimes until things change. There's another board I wanted to share with you. This is from Rabbi Yashif. It's on last week's Pasha, which was about the, uh, the, the fish and the whatever lives in the water. As that tochlumi snappy of the kaskeser. It has to have things in scales. And so it has to be able to propel itself in the water with, with, the, with the fins. That's part of the, of, of, the, of, the, of the matter. So this piece is based upon the, the Indian of the Gemara says in, in Kedusha and Dr. Lamed and Abbas about how a man has to teach his son the money has to be a responsibility of a mother's daughter of a mother of a Yerusha he has to teach him how to swim in the water now swimming in the water you teach a kid to swim I mean like you know maybe, or maybe you live by the the ocean, you have, to, you have to swim. I mean, what was the whole thing? What was it? Why such a big deal? So Yosha, that Sal said, a beautiful trash in this Gemara. He says, if I toss a log into the water, it's going to float. But the log is not swimming. To be considered swimming, one must be able to go against the tongue, as well as steer and direct one's motion got to be able to go against the current and then be able to steer this way and that the different way you want to go. A father has to teach his son how to swim, but he has to teach him how to go against the current and how to steer in the right direction. He has to learn how to overcome the forceful tide that sweeps people away from a religious and a moral life and not even get caught up in the latest fad or style. This is what Yashuk was talking about, how we have to train our children, and I suppose ourselves as well, to be able to go as a free individual 
in their own direction. This gives us a little bit of an idea of what we should be doing during this time where we're stuck in with coronavirus outside, where we're stuck inside, we have to, we have to sort of go against the stream. So there are plenty of people that are wasting their day. They are they're, they're glued to the, uh, to the computer. They're, uh, they're using all their uh, you know, electronic devices, and uh, they're bored. You know, they can't think of what to do, and uh, they, have, they have no direction. But in a Frum household, there's Tyra, there's Shiurim, there are people who are active constantly. They're saying the hill of people who were sick. There's no end to what we do. In fact, there's not enough hours in the day. There really is not enough hours in the day. Not that we're bored, what are we going to do? Oh, let's go to sleep. No, there's, we're, we're, we're filled with activity. And that's, that's the way it should be. Creative. Utilizing the time in the most positive way. And I think this word from Rabbi Yashiv is very important. When we were kids, I still remember that was the speech we used to get about swim against the tide. That was because the, with the Goy Chevelle, so we, we, we were told all the time to swim against the tide. But here he's talking about how you bring your child up. It's not enough to teach him to swim. That means to swim with the people. You, sort of, you have to swim against the tide because uh, with the tide it's not called swimming. The definition is beautiful. Okay. Uh, let me share with you a piece from uh, a little more about this question of how it's impacting us, this particular situation of the COVID-19. This is from an article that was printed a week, week and a half ago. It's about the 1,270 certified kosher factories in China. That number is real. 1,270 certified kosher factories in China. That's a phenomenal number. When I read that number, I flipped. I didn't realize, I know, if you told me 1,270 products, I would say that's a lot. But now you're telling me there's 1,270 plants. I wouldn't even guess how many products that are coming out of there that are kosher certified. It's in the many thousands. It's not in the in many tens of thousands. It has to be in tens of thousands of products. Product name, you know, uh, special code. It, it, it means that, that there are SKUs galore coming out of the factories in China. That's how we have been reliant on it until now. I suggest we should be getting to onto other countries, spreading our wealth, spreading the money, and we should ask for the, uh, the distributors, um, you know, who, who, who are buying these products, that they should consider in, uh, going to other countries and uh, maybe a country like the United States of America, but if certainly they're going to other countries and spread it around a bit, but... 
after massive production lines in China were put on hold due to its position at the epicenter of the global pandemic. Unfortunately, we became the epicenter, and New York became the epicenter of the United States, and it's, uh, and then New York City is the epicenter of, uh, of New York State, and I don't want to go on where other places where they're located where, where so many people have become sick, and the uh, costs are shown worse. The culture factories are located across China, and they make a variety of food products. Now, what they told us, and I said they, we had the rabbi on the home show here in the OU not long ago, and he told us that basically they're pretty safe products, and the ones that are not so safe, they do visit, but it is definitely challenging. It is an extremely challenging time now in the Kashi. Uh, it seems that this is a key phrase. Although the pandemic does not seem to have greatly affected Passover shipments, that's why we didn't feel a thing. But watch this. It has decreased the business in general since the novel coronavirus was first reported in Wuhan last December. That means that things are going to be down in the future. So it's going to be hard to replace what the factories have, with what, what they're missing. It's going to be hard. It's going to affect our nosh. Maybe the kids are going to have to have fruit. Maybe. Maybe you're going to have to make your own ices with some juices. Maybe, you know, maybe we're going to have to enjoy other foods. Maybe we're going to have to enjoy what we have. Maybe we're going to have to be uh, doing without sometimes. That's what's going to be. It happen. And you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing. I still remember when I was a kid growing up, hearing from my father, Lovishon. What are you complaining about? When I was a kid, he used to tell us, we didn't have milk at some paper. There was no way to get milk. There wasn't, there wasn't kosher milk. There was nothing made. Today, all year round, ocean for Pesach, Jesus. All year round. No problem. Top of the line. Wine, grape juice, this, this. Everything. Look in your fridge. Look in your cow covers. We had a we had this year, we had a lot of our things we didn't have to put away put away with the the comments. But this is Pesach, this is Pesach, this is Pesach. So it's it's an it's an amazing situation. So we we we, we got used to the idea that we could have this, 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 and this. And we may have to get used to the idea of doing without, at least on some things. Now, a, a, the story goes on here. We have a quote from Rabbi Ganak. He said that the, uh, the, the effect that COVID-19 had on kosher food business in China has already been... <laughs> For a long time, they closed down factories. The Chinese New Year came, and the closing was extended. The government closed them even longer. Although by the middle of March, many of them, not all, mo not all, most, have reopened. But we know that in late March and in April, we couldn't get out of here. And there's no way there were people who would, we have, this, we have the rabbi uh, Rabinowitz pointing out to us about the, 
people were trapped in other countries and trying to get them out. So we know that if production went on, we weren't there. So it's going to be a, a close call, uh, you know, what will be taken without any supervision based upon normal procedures that, are, that we've seen them doing all this time, what will require uh, only those that came under, that were produced under kosher certification. Uh, will we be liberal? Will we change our standards, at least for the short term? These are questions we, mu we may not find out the answers, but that's why we're paying money. That's why we're deciding which kosher agency to go to, because they're making those very, very serious decisions. Uh, the OU, based in the United States, with supervision operation around the globe, certifies about 610 factories in China. That means they have 50% of the, of the uh, factories. Now, I don't know if they have 50% of the kosher business, or they have 80%, because we don't know the size of those 610 factories. But you can be sure, just like in the America, they got 70, 80% of the business, uh, and probably world, uh, worldwide, but that's definitely in China, it, they, they're probably 50 to 60 or 70 percent of the business. Um, so the, the OU, with their exports going worldwide, primarily to the U.S., Rabbi Ganak said, although he could not provide the amount of volume, he said that they make all different kinds of products, including vegetables, fruits, ingredients, and emulsifiers. He called them safe products. So that's what he meant that he felt that they're not things we have to worry seriously about. That's what we heard from Rabbi Rabinowitz as well. But you know and I know that there's tons of stuff coming from there, and that's going to present the situation there. And in every country, in every country, because you cannot, in limited amount, how many people you can get to go in there. First of all, everybody is not able to work because some people are sick or have been sick and, and, and they, you, they all won't take the chance to go to these foreign countries or whatever. Right now you can't get out of here. But, but even, if you, even when you can, will we be able to get up the same number of people? Will we be relying on additional hectarian, which may be very good. This is, these are questions that we're going to be asking in Yisrael as time goes on, and I'll try to give a little guidance based upon the information that I'm getting. Originally, Reganak pointed out that they didn't work with China. When he entered the 1980, he said they didn't have any factories in China, but obviously the Chinese have gained a, a foothold in Christoph 
can't pronounce it, but it's Papatru, the deputy head of Pan-Cyprian Pan Farmers, you know, from Cyprus, Pan-Cyprian Farmers Union Pest. The, the cabinet on Wednesday approved the bill harmonizing the national law with the European Union directive on the movement, restraint, stunning, slaughter, and killing of animals bred and kept for the production of meat, skin, fur, or other products, allowing member states to carry out kosher slaughter. So they want to now do kosher. That's what they initially said. Farmer organizations, Hex, Eka, Panagrotus, Grotus, Nia Agrotici, Tunisi, Tunisi, and Evra Agrotikis. Believe it or not, those organizations. We are pronouncing. Earlier in the week, held a teleconference with the agricultural minister, looks like his name was Mr. Kazit, and a delegation from Israel on the export of sheep and goat meat to Israel. But to be able to, to, to do that, the animals need to be slaughtered in accordance with the halakha. The law amendment was difficult. The law amendment was approved by the cabinet will now be sent to parliament to vote. That's what uh, Papa True told the Cyprus, Cyprus mail. That's the, number, that's the name of the, uh, the uh, mail. This is, this is the name of the uh, news, uh, news company. He said the bill was to be tabled to the House very soon, expressing hope it would be passed. He said that a rabbi would return from Israel prior to each kosher slaughter to oversee the process, which of course is a fickle problem now anyway. Uh, what happened was there are 6,000 Jews in Cyprus who import meat to Cyprus, and they want to now do kosher in Cyprus in order to send it around uh, to back in, in, to, for the people who live there and to send it out. And the only problem is that they got smacked by the, the, the people who were in the animal rights movement. And that became heavy duty, not like this over here, whether or not they'll be allowed to do kosher slaughter. So this, this was because they, the reason they did all this is because they, they had these animals that were not able to service due to the, uh, I think, with the effect of coronavirus. And they, and they, and the only thing they could think of is keeping it here. We couldn't send it away. So now let's, let's deal with the 6,000 Jews who need kosher meat. So let's, let's give them just kosher meat. But that, to do that, you need sheep. And to get that, they had to get approval. And it went to the EU, and it had to go through Parliament in Cyprus. And they're sort of stuck in the whole thing right now. I don't know how they came out in the end, but they're sort of, they're sort of stuck in that issue. But this gives you a little bit of an idea of some of the uh, items that are, that are hot right now in the, in the cautious field. Uh, let me share with you uh, another one or two. Just give me one half a second while I uh, pull it out of the files here. Backed up if that's the fact. <laughs> okay. Um, this was that one. Yeah. 
donut white chocolate covered pretzels with gold pearls. It says OKP, and I hope you got rid of them and didn't get them special pacer. And a similar one was Klein's natural cranberry mix. It also said coach for Passover. I don't know if that had any hummus in it, but I don't think that's what they use the hummus or the paper from that. See what else you can come up with in the few minutes I have here left. Reality box. 
So we're in the reality box now. And it's, this is reality. We think out there is reality, and this is not reality. That's the real world. No, this is the real world we're in right now. And we can make the real world a very, very special place. I've been saying this from the beginning, and Baruch Hashem, I see that many people have taken this theme up, and they're trying to reach out and help other people and utilize the time for davening, for learning, for self-improvement, for chesed. I, I, I just dealt with, I deal with a lot of people who don't get along with other people. I have a lot of people who don't get along. <laughs> and they, 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 they come to me for some support. And I try my best to try to get them to make up. And now this is a tremendous time. I told them it was a tremendous time. Just get on that phone, make the call, and you don't have to discuss details. Just make the call. I had a few minutes. I wanted to call you. And you can't believe how much of an impact that that can do. So Akkad Yisbaru gave every one of us this very challenging and very potentially rewarding time for our own self-development in order for us to be kind of a big chalek in Olam Haba. And we should utilize it fully every second that we can. To sum up, this has been your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Cassius Magazine. Um, I wish you to be safe and have a wonderful week. If anyone wants to call, you can reach us, 718-336-8544. And uh, you can reach us also online, Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. Again, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Or you can go on, check out our magazine on KashrusMagazine.com. K-A-S-H-R-U-S, magazine.com. Until next week, this has been your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Tasha's Magazine, wishing you a wonderful week.